Hello, everyone. We are here with you again after a pause in publication. I guess COVID has affected all of us somehow. Today we have our book review by Haluk about bicycles and their role in transportation. No matter how we have gone far in fulfilling our dreams of vehicles, with or without a driver, the bicycle remains one of the main transportation devices. But before that, dear Barish is here with the news mini section for this episode. Let's see what is new in the field of high-tech technology, where there is a race for developing autonomous driving vehicles. Go ahead, Barish. Hello, dear listeners. This is Barish Chuan, presenting following news in the field of ideas for the episode 60 of ITS podcast. In this episode, we bring you some of the latest news on autonomous driving. Waymo shares its safety framework. Waymo opened its fully autonomous ride-hailing service to the general public in Phoenix on October the 8th. After opening the full autonomous service to the public, the company also shared in detail the safety framework that guides Waymo's automated system and operations. The company published two papers that explain processes used to drive fully autonomously on public roads and validate the safety of operations. The safety framework has three main layers, the hardware layer, the behavioral layer, and operational layer. The papers also detail public road safety performance data which analyzes the miles Waymo has driven on public roads in Arizona. The papers can be found in the Waymo website. Timeler aims for autonomous freight transport. Timeler's trucks division has finalized two partnerships to produce autonomous trucks to the market. Timeler trucks are partnering with Waymo to build an autonomous level 4 version of the Freightliner Cascadia truck. The autonomous Freightliner Cascadia, equipped with the Waymo driver, will be available to customers in the US in the coming years. In another partnership, Daimler Trucks, Torque and Luminar are teaming up to bring highly automated trucks to road. The teams will work on enhancing lidar sensing, perception and system level performance for Daimler Trucks moving at highway speeds. As part of the partnership, Daimler Trucks has also acquired a minority stake in Luminar. Public autonomous trials for Project Endeavour. The government-backed project will run public trials of six autonomous vehicles in Oxford, UK. A fleet of six level 4 vehicles will complete a 9-mile round trip at all times of day and night to test in different traffic scenarios and weather conditions. The project partnership will also develop a NEVE safety assurance assessment scheme for public autonomous trials in order to improve trust and safety of future deployments. Crews will test driverless vehicles in San Francisco. Regulators in California permitted the self-driving subsidiary of GM to test its driverless vehicles on public roads in San Francisco. The crews already had the permission to test their autonomous vehicles with safety drivers since 2015. With this new permit, Cruise is planning to start the driverless trials before the end of the year. The vehicles will be only allowed to operate on roads with a speed limit of 30 miles per hour. Cruise will be the fifth company to have permission to test driverless vehicles in California after Waymo, AutoX, Nuro and Zooks. Automated Shuttle Trial in Toronto The City of Toronto has unveiled an agreement with Local Motors to launch the city's first autonomous shuttle project. The trial will operate an 8-person OLE 2.0 electric self-driving shuttle the beginning of spring 2021. The trial is conducted by Pacific Pastern Transportation and an onboard safety operator will be able to take over manual control at any time. The project aims to learn more about the future role of automated shuttles in public transport delivery. Driverless freight trucks in Sweden Swedish autonomous trucking startup Einride has unveiled an unmanned electric freight vehicle. The vehicles are called Autonomous Electric Transport 
and have four different variations based on their load capacity, battery range and operational domain. The first level vehicles are designed to operate within a defined geographic area, while the second level vehicles are allowed to operate outside the geofence using teleoperation. The third level is used for rural areas and the fourth for highways. The company believes its new vehicles will reduce transport costs and CO2 emissions. Thank you for listening to the mini news section of the 60th episode. We will continue to bring you more news of breakthrough advances in our field in the upcoming episodes. This was Barish Chauhan from Technical University of Munich. Thank you, Barish. I think the idea of autonomous public transport will revolutionize our understanding of public transport. Now, uh, let's listen to Professor Haluk Eren from Firat University, Elazig, Turkey, and his review on a book discussing the importance of bicycles in our daily life, transport, health, and etc. Please, Haluk, be our listening. This is the book review section for ITS podcast. Read by Dr. Haluk Eren, Firat University, Elazığ, Turkey. The book title is Bicycling for Transportation. An Evidence Base for Communities and consists of 228 pages. Published by Elsewhere in 2018. Written by Melissa Bob, Dangai Sims and Daniel Piatkowski. Bicycling for Transportation examines the individual and societal factors of active transportation and biking behavior. The bicycle enables personal movement more efficiently than walking and requires only muscles to power it. The history of bicycling is about the emergence of this technology. Bicycling improves cardiovascular fitness and reduces cardiovascular risk factors for children and adolescents. Also for adults, It provides weight improvements and reduces all-cause mortality, cardiovascular disease, cardiovascular morbidity and mortality. It provides reductions in certain types of cancer, improves fitness and biomarkers like HDL cholesterol. For older adults, it improves general health, and reduces medical risk factors such as hypertension, dyslipidemia, diabetes, and overweightness. The book briefly reviews the technological development of the bicycle into its modern form, but focuses primarily on the bicycle's role in society. Specifically, examining this relatively new transportation technology's role in social movements. This book aims to gather the evidence examining influences on biking ranging from the individual to policy and provide evidence-based strategies to improve biking participation in community. This text approaches this problem from a social-ecological perspective, providing a framework to examine relevant topics at multiple levels including individual, social, institutional, community, policy and the environment. 
The combination of both research and practice can help to guide effective use of resources, programming, and policy making by addressing biking issues from many levels. Throughout this text, case studies and best practices highlight multi-level approaches considering the individual, social environment, and built environment setting. The book uses an interdisciplinary approach to provide a comprehensive overview of bicycling for transportation research. It examines the variability in biking participation among different demographic groups and the multiple levels of influence on biking to better inform researchers and practitioners on the effective use of community resources, programming and policy making. The book provides evidence-based insights on cost-effective interventions for improving biking participation. It includes numerous case studies and best practices that highlight multi-level approaches in a variety of settings. Also, it explores individual and social factors related to biking behavior such as race, gender, and self-efficacy. The book is divided into 12 chapters, which can be read independently or consecutively. Chapter 1 and 2 mention about a technological and social history of bicycle and benefits and risks of bicycling. Chapter 3 and 4 focus on measuring bicycling within the community and the reason for biking. Chapter 5 and 6 discuss institutional strategies for promoting biking and community-level strategies for promoting bicycling. Chapter 7 and 8 mention about environmental, policy and law approach to bicycle. Chapter 9 and 10 mention about biking behavior and bicycling around the world. It's an ideal resource for public health professionals trying to encourage physical activity through biking. In addition, it makes the case for new infrastructure that supports these initiatives. This book may fill the current gap in existing resources that focus exclusively on one element or another. Bicycle transportation researchers and students, urban planners, public health researchers and practitioners, government policy makers and community organizers can find useful information and a comprehensive review of the literature in the book. Thank you, Haluk. Very interesting. It would be amazing if we could encourage more and more people to use bicycles for transport wherever it is possible. Well, that's it for this episode. Whether on a bicycle or on public transport, ride safely. Write to us and share your opinion and ideas about transportation in these days. Or if you have any new idea for your podcast, stay safe. 
Don't forget to share and subscribe and check out our other media for other news. This podcast is sponsored by IEEE Intelligent Transportation System Society. This was Dr. Mariam Kavishkar from IEEE ITS Society.